Galnet News Digest Review of the Year, 3306. We recall the news so you don't have to. Part 2. Thargoids and creepy goings-on in the Colsack. There were Thargoids at one end of the bubble at the beginning of 3306, and there are Thargoids at the other end of the bubble as the year concludes. We've experienced some very recent Thargoid activity, but we also learned about some very old encounters with the eight-legged chitinous space spiders. First, let's go back to January and the Witchhead Nebula. There was a time when humanity desperately needed meta-alloys. As a solution to the so-called unknown artefact bombing that crippled starports. However, even after that problem had been permanently resolved using science-based homeopathy in November 3304, our demand for meta-alloys remained apparently insatiable. In July 3305, the Alliance spearheaded a campaign to take the Witchhead Nebula from the Thargoids after the barnacle sites in the Pleiades became depleted. Things went pretty well for humanity and not quite so well for the Thargoids, who had installed the meta-alloy manufacturing plants known as barnacles there in the first place. In August 3305, victory was declared over the Thargoids. They could still be found there in small numbers, but posed no threat unless provoked, and were treated by many commanders as big game to be hunted for sport and target practice. In December that year, Alliance Prime Minister Mahon declared a new era of peace in the galaxy, with all Thargoid encroachments into human space, by which he meant human space including the Pleiades and the Witchhead Nebula, which had been annexed from Thargoid space, at an end. Exactly a month after that victory speech, the Thargoids attacked stations in the Witchhead Nebula and the Pleiades again. But it was a very half-hearted affair, almost as though the Thargoids knew that they were outclassed and outgunned, and they inflicted limited damage on just seven stations in the two regions. In celebration of putting down this small uprising by the natives, Universal Cartographics allocated shorter, more memorable names to 15 human-inhabited systems in the Witchhead Nebula, including the not-at-all vainglorious Wellington, along with Caister, Lembas and Shenve. This mid-January pronouncement of the new system names was the last news published by Galnet before the Dark Age fell. But while Galnet and the Pilots' Federation were sleeping, commanders continued to pile the pressure onto any Thargoids that turned up in what was now human space. The Anti-Zeno Initiative offered a celebratory decal to anyone who brought a still-fresh Thargoid heart to the Astra's fleet carrier in the Sterapy 2 system, something that the court on the Hot Pilots' Federation refused to condone despite authorising and facilitating the decal. This so-called Art of War initiative proved to be resoundingly successful, with 10,000 Thargoid hearts plucked from the still-living bodies of Thargoids, along with large amounts of other Thargoid body parts which were used to smear the outside of the carrier as a warning to the remains of the Thargoid race. At the same time, the massive repair effort to bring back to full service every station damaged by Thargoids over the years, known as Operation Ida, and which had recently been boosted by availability of fleet carriers to carry the huge amounts of repair materials needed, finally came to an end. From the 15th of January 3304, when the operation started, to the 20th of July 3306, when it ended, the 1,500 commanders involved in the operation moved 
over 110 million tonnes of cargo and repaired 146 stations, some of them several times over. The members of the initiative had overcome the plundering of supplies by the evil Don Antonacci, together with remote locations and huge distances, to achieve what had at first seemed a Sisyphean task. The commanders of Operation Ida went their separate ways, but promised to return should they be needed again, and in fact they were needed again, just two months later, to repair stations damaged by Marlinists. In October, the Thargoids once again attached the Witch Head Nebula. And this time it was the Alliance that led the counter-offensive. No stations were damaged, but many contributors were awarded access to the Guardian Frameshift Drive Booster as a reward for their help. And the technology broker at Uangia offered special deals on Guardian weapons and modules during the initiative. Some members of the Anti-Zeno initiative, starved of meaningful combat opportunities, argued that we should let the Thargoids establish themselves in the Witch Head Nebula to provide better sport. However, the Thargoids' story was about to change in a new and unexpected way. On the 29th of October, a so-called ghost ship, the Adamaster, arrived in the Chukchan system. Flying on autopilot, it was quickly established that the ship had been travelling at sublight speed for nearly 200 years. It took some time and effort to work out what had happened, but the trail eventually led to a geological survey station in Musker Dark Region PJ-PB6-1, and a tale of one of the very first encounters with Thargoids. 200 years ago, an alien object of some sort had been found in a crashed Thargoid ship. Whether this was a Thargoid or a Thargoid probe or a sensor is unclear. However, whatever it was, the Thargoids wanted it back pretty badly, and they attacked and killed the people in the base, and the alien thing, whatever it was, seems to have caused disruption to the mechanics of the Adamaster megaship, and to have either killed or driven the crew to abandon the ship, which is why the ship eventually returned without crew or cargo to Chukchan. Some additional data about this part of the story can be found at a crashed sidewinder at the bottom of a deep crater in the HIP 69200 system. The mesmerising and terrifying influence the Thargoid technology appears to have had on the geologists and on the ship's crew remains something of a mystery. However, one of the planets in Musker Dark Region PJ-PB6-1 has a number of pristine barnacle sites. And the Alliance has now set up shop there, with the intention to exploit the region as ruthlessly as the Pleiades and the Witchhead Nebula have already been. Sirius Atmospherics, a subdivision of the mighty Sirius Corporation, has partnered with the Alliance to survey the ammonia worlds in the region with the intention of terraforming them, turning them into planets inhospitable to Thargoids but suitable for human settlement. The Thargoids fought back against the establishment of human stations in the region, but ineffectively. In the Corsac Nebula, as elsewhere, everything seems to be going humanity's way. Many of the commanders who participated in the massacre of Thargoids in the Colsac Nebula were granted a super lightweight frameshift drive. That makes the Crape Phantom almost as effective as the Anaconda for long-range jumps, causing some discontent when the rules for qualification were changed after the fact. And many of those who participated in the mapping of Ammonia World now have a hyper-engineered detailed surface scanner that makes mapping planets even easier than it already is. The sources of meta-alloys in the Pleiades and the Witchhead Nebula have been desecrated, exploited to the point that there is nothing left but broken and barren stumps. It seems likely that despite humanity's early wins, 
Colsac Nebula and its surrounding Muscadark region is the place we're likely to see further clashes between humans and Thargoids in 3307. Just how quickly the revolutionary terraforming technology can be made to work to split the atmospheric ammonia into nitrogen and hydrogen and to create water with massive injections of oxygen remains to be seen, but the Thargoids are unlikely to take kindly to such an initiative. Despite very nearly reaching Sol when they attacked the bubble two years ago, the Thargoids have turned out to be relatively easy to defeat, so there is little real doubt that humanity will prevail, and will once again drive the Thargoids away. In Episode 3, we look at new information about the destruction of Starship One and consider what it might mean for the future of President Hudson and the Republicans. And we look at the rise of Marlinism in the Empire and at how the NMLA has reshaped galactic politics.